Okay, 2021. Can you believe that I'm saying this? But the weekly tech wrap-up is back. And this time, I'm not hogging all the spotlight. I've got someone who's arguably more famous than I am. He's more famous than I am. Yassine Bonds. Good the man himself. Good afternoon, good morning, or whenever you listen to this thing. Also, arguably, is the right term. Because <laughs> no one wants to be famous, guys. Please don't ever refer to anybody as famous. It's awkward. Listen um, here. It's awkward. We're now in the tick. Like... We're now in the tick. <laughs> no, no, no. You like, you like those rich people who are like... We don't talk about money. It's only the rich people that say that. It's only the famous people. Who say, please, we don't talk about it. Please, please. I've seen when you go to the shop and people stop you. I mean, usually it's me, but I'm sure other people do. Um, so yes, you're the celebrity, celebrity part of this whole thing. You, you're the glitz and the glam, and I'm just like the guy in the background there. So I'm, I'm super chill with that. But, but yeah, yes, on, weekly on, tap up is back on this uh, podcast. I am the scrub. I am sitting on the <laughs> side of his best friend's ride, trying to holler at Tick. <laughs> <laughs> that should be the intro for this. Someone needs to record that, and please just do that. Thank you very much. But let's let's jump into this because I feel like if we don't, we're going to be talking about the politics or the desire of fame, whether people want to be famous or not. <laughs> Which I think probably a lot of tech companies are like, we want to be famous, but we don't want to be famous. But talking about being famous and technology, everyone's trying to get famous on Clubhouse. And so many people are like, what is Clubhouse? In fact, I was on Metro FM the other day talking about Clubhouse because everybody is asking what is this thing and the confusing thing is there's actually two apps called Clubhouse and they're not the same thing (laughs) Um, the one is like this networking connectivity like productivity there we go that's the word productivity kind of app and then the other one the one that people are actually interested in is this like new social media thing but it's audio only so it's like a podcast but not is it so the thing is firstly i saw clubhouse making it around and then i saw like elon um, musk being on the things then in my so i mean this is just what i pictured in my head is it like an audio conference <laughs> so w- someone described it to me because i don't i'm not an iphone user yet but that will change soon um i will be dual os but someone described it to me as it's like zoom but cooler and I was like wow so I've been checking it out um, with some other people's phones and like I know lots of people on there and really what it is is I don't know if you yes you know anyone listening has ever been to like an event or like a conference or something where they do what they call those fireside chats where the people sit on the stage and they talk about their things and then you're sitting in the audience and if you like hey I have a question you can raise your hand someone runs over with a mic you ask your question it's kind of like that but in an app format so Let's pretend for a second, this podcast is on Clubhouse, right? Mm -hmm. So we're both on Clubhouse. It's iOS only, which is why I mentioned the iPhone thing. Um, We're sitting there. I'm like, hey, you know, we should actually have a conversation around what's been happening in technology this week. But instead of having it as a podcast where people just listen and there's no interaction, let's do it on Clubhouse. So we go on with with the sort of two speakers. So... The audience is going to see, okay, we're, we're the two speakers. It'll highlight us as the two. Below our icons, it's going to show icons of people that we follow. And then below that, it's going to show the audience. So when I'm speaking, there's going to be a ring around my icon that's going to sort of like move and vibrate, almost like a like a waveform audio file kind of thing. Yeah. Um, when you're speaking, it'll show the same thing. Now, let's say there's someone in the audience who's like, actually, wait, 
you guys are talking about X, Y, and Z. I have something I want to say. They can raise their hand. So there's a thing that actually says raise your hand. And then, you know, you or I can be like, oh, um, you know, Naima, for example, has a question. Let's give Naima a chance to speak. So then Naima can speak. And then everybody who's listening and tuning in will actually be able to hear what she says. And that's really what it is. Like- and people are obsessed. It, look, look, it makes sense because it gives the, I'll say the general public access to, um, it's like a live podcast when you get to ask the questions because there's many times during podcasts, people, the people that listen to this will probably also feel it, where you go, I want to say something about that, but you go, no, it's <laughs> been recorded already years ago, yeah. I must just keep quiet and then wait for the comment section. And then also with podcasts, you can't always uh, reply immediately like you like you need to wait till the next episode before things happen so it, it makes it makes sense but at the same time it's because it's on ios i just feel like it's very um it's not for everybody and that i, I have a, i have a problem when things aren't um multi mu, um multi-platformed if it makes sense because i just feel like it's very ex- yeah this it excludes a big part of the commu- of the world that um, yeah. doesn't use those things which is a valid concern and I mean I feel the same way you know I think as most people do I'm more of an Android person than anything else but the reason it sort of happened the way it did um, and this is a little bit in defense of Clubhouse is Clubhouse actually launched last year it's only now become famous but when it launched it wasn't a full on you know here's an app for everybody launch it was a we're doing this thing we're going to put it out in beta so it's actually been in beta since last year and technically it's still in beta. So when things are in beta, betas are usually only invitation only. So that's why Clubhouse is actually still invitation only because they're not out of beta yet. The problem is, as you said, Elon Musk tweeted. And you know when Elon Musk tweets, people just lose their minds. shit. <laughs> listen, yeah. Listen, yeah. The man tweeted about Dogecoin and now look, that thing is valued at how many million or billion or something? It's insane. But anyway... Look, as as much as I'm I'm not a fan, I'm also a fan. I'm not gonna lie. Like the 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 man is quoted to Tony Stark, and for that I'll give him the credit. I'm yeah. No, there's a lot of his politics and ethics. I'm not I'm not really into, but yeah. He Listen, has yeah, he's that bullshit. <laughs> he's he's not Tony Stark. What he strikes me as like he's like one of those villains in one of those like a Bond movie or something. I half expect to see him sitting on a chair with an eye patch. And a fluffy white cat. <laughs> like he just he just strikes me like that kind of person. The man wants to put chips in people's brains. But anyway, that's a different conversation. Um so Clubhouse. Is, is Elon basically what people are blaming Bill Gates for doing? <laughs> <laughs> Listen here, yeah, the Bill Gates conspiracy so just there was a podcast I was listening to, um, Sway by Cara Swisher. She does it for the New York Times, where she spoke to Bill Gates and she mentioned it and he kind of just like chuckled because what can you do? But anyway, uh, we're getting off the topic here, which I think is going to be an issue with the two of us. Um, So yeah, so that's how Clubhouse works. That's why it's invitation only. The reason it's on iOS is because arguably iOS is easier to develop for because with Android, you've got to develop for different screen sizes. Um, All the different OEMs, original equipment manufacturers, so like Samsung, Hisense, LG, you know, Sony. Mm. I want to say Huawei, but who knows what's going on there. Um those are all oems they put their own sort of skins and overlays on top of android so it's not as easy as you might think to develop for android the other problem is android like everyone's running sort of different versions of the android os it's not like ios where they push out ios and within like a month or so like 80 odd 90 odd percent of the iphone users around the world 
have updated. That doesn't happen on Android. That's why it's more difficult to develop on Android. That's why a lot of these apps are iPhone first. So that's kind of how it happened. And it, again, it's because Elon Musk tweeted about it. Then everyone jumped on. Um, earlier this month, February, I think from the 1st to the 16th of February, they went from 3 million downloads or 3.1 million downloads to over 8 million because of Elon Musk. Oprah's on there, Chris Rock is on there, like pick someone, all the, the celebs are on there, which is also why people want to be on it. So that's that's the clubhouse situation. And I think this essentially for them to, like this boost that they are having will also put them, when they do move to Android, it will give them a safe app like they'll work on it and perfect it when it has come to android like it's not going to be a, a a beta version that's going to come through um listen I also, I, sorry i, I also so. think that they this like what it, it, it is essentially why huawei did what they did with, regarding um the the os because they can they can basically make the apps fitted exactly for their phones exactly what iphone is doing but huawei I hope Huawei does that at least, and I hope they stick to the boundary. Okay, you know what? I think I think we need to reach out to Huawei one day and see if we can get someone to come and have a conversation with us because they just unveiled the Mate X X. Ugh, let me try this again. The Mate X two. I keep wanting to say Mate XS. The Mate X two the other day, the new foldable phone, which looks a lot like the Samsung Z Fold two, which mm. was actually my favorite phone of last year. Um, and they did say that with the, the X2, it's going to be the first device that's going to be able to upgrade to Harmony OS, which is launching in April. So I think it's a worthwhile conversation to maybe have someone from Huawei jump on one day. Just chat to us about Harmony OS and actually what's going on with App Gallery and stuff. Because I think there's a lot of questions that people have. So we'll table that. We'll come back to that. Find out if they're going to have Clubhouse. Um, but yes, you mentioned... It makes sense that they Android. would actually get Clubhouse before Android even. Because it's such a... Listen, yeah. uh, um, but it's also China and uh, US. That's another... You, you <laughs> see, that's what my concern is. But also there have been some security concerns about Clubhouse. So those need to be fixed before it ports over. And they've only just... I think I saw a tweet either yesterday or the day before, but literally within the last 48 hours, of someone that they've hired, a fantastic woman who's joining to head up the android division so they can actually build this app for android in the last 48 hours well by the time people listen to 72 hours um it's gonna take a while before i think we see this app but the interesting thing about clubhouse is facebook has confirmed that they're working on essentially a clubhouse clone because of course they are twitter has got something called twitter spaces which I wouldn't say they pushed out before Clubhouse, but they pushed out before Clubhouse became famous, but it's a similar concept. And then Mark Cuban from Shark Tank has invested in an app, which is supposed to be coming out later this year, called Fireside. It's literally live podcasts, which... Isn't that just radio? Yeah. <laughs> but okay. So what Clubhouse has done is it's set it up that I think audio is... Be- is going to become the next big thing for social channels. So it's a very interesting space right now. Here's the thing with Twitter. I feel like Facebook has the 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 market and, and audience to make things that's different and wider. But I don't know if Twitter's audience is that way inclined. Like, while Periscope was, like, really cool, and even, like, the Vine that was essentially Twitter, it still never... Like they never held on to it. Like Twitter's people feels like 
it's the 280 characters and that's the thing <laughs> facebook people feel like okay i'll watch a video okay i'll sit for a live okay i'll 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 spend more time on the app doing other different forms of things but twitter is for reading and watching a video of two minutes i don't know if twitter's attention span is anymore but i mean if they gonna invest their money in the uh, in trying other things then by all means they, they should I get what you're saying. I mean, I think the problem with Facebook, well, there's many problems with Facebook. Um the one is that it's Facebook and as much as people are like, mm, you know, we don't trust Facebook, they're still using it, but also I think it's a very specific demographic. Some people are using it because they have to because of work. Yeah. Um and then there's, you know, a certain older demographic not to be mean to anyone um who loves facebook no we'll be mean But... in this one guys i'll be <laughs> mean one. i'll tell you that the old people love facebook and the old people don't know what the hell they're doing because they comment on the stuff like no one can see it anyway uh, hello jane how are you love from the family <laughs> yes yeah um but i think with with twitter they've been they're sort of doing a, a closed beta uh for spaces i know some people are on it and it actually does seem to be working out because remember what twitter is for it's not just for fighting with people that's one thing um but it's actually more for i wouldn't say it's it's more businessy but it is slightly more businessy so where people are actually discussing things more than they would on, on facebook so if you take that concept of i don't know ivy park for example you know beyonce's new ivy park drop yeah yeah and people can tweet about in 280 yeah, i think it's icy park oh, Whatever. I think that's just the hashtag going with Ivy Pop. Whatever. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not the target demographic here. Okay. Because you, un- um, <laughs> Beyonce doesn't know who I am, which is you know, because she's probably on Clubhouse and I'm not. But anyway, <laughs> that's why I can be a friend. Um, but like, say you you want to chat about that, right? Like on Twitter, you're gonna be like, oh hey, you know, there's like two or three pictures, what four pictures maximum, or like a video, and yeah. 280 characters. But then people start like maybe a thread, and then that thing starts going viral. Isn't it better just to have a conversation? Like there's certain yeah. things where a conversation would just make more sense. So I can kind of see it. But it's it's going to be interesting to see how they take this forward because I think Twitter's big problem is that they need a full-time CEO. Jack Dorsey is splitting his time between two different companies, and I think because of that, Twitter is not necessarily getting the focus that they need. To build to the level, scale to the level they could have been at. But again, discussion for another day. Again, um, can I just ask: Is Fleets a thing? Because I <laughs> I don't use Fleets. I I don't use. I hate Fleets. I would. I prefer Instagram Stories. I'll spend more time on Instagram Stories than on Fleets. Fleets genuinely is not a thing because I I also think my maybe I'm also on Twitter for so long that I've established what I want from the app. And like anything more is, I'm not really interested in it. So I go, the, the, it's this is my thing. It's like like I'm here to read and to see maybe a funny video or a funny picture. <laughs> That's the thing. If I want stories, I'm gonna go to Instagram. I don't even look at Facebook stories. I know WhatsApp stories isn't real, guys. Please, only old people again. <laughs> I'm not really <laughs> they into that stuff. But yeah, I I genuinely think. Or for me, my preference on Twitter is that it's for the timeline and only that. So yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm not a fan of fleets either. Um, I see a lot of people using them though. My problem with fleets is that it's like all the other stuff. So like you said, Instagram Stories kind of did it first and did it best. Yeah. Um, but notice how it's all the Facebook companies. It's Facebook, it's WhatsApp, and it's Instagram who arguably are doing the best with it. But 
I don't know. Fleets is just why? Like even LinkedIn has stuff like that. Why? Why are we doing this? I I don't. All these platforms are starting to look like each other, which is not helping any of them, and that's why people are jumping to TikTok. I was busy reading like tech news of the week, and uh, LinkedIn said that they were down for like a few hours. Then I was like, so what? And now <laughs> who's going? Oh my god, LinkedIn is down. Oh, can't do work, guys. Calm down. It's only your job. Like, <laughs> if you're not there for social, or, like socializing, LinkedIn. Yo, guys, take off your tie. Go on Instagram. Go look at other things for the two hours. LinkedIn was down. It's Silly. <laughs> this is like when you at that that company end of year party. Like, you know, you you shouldn't, but you you should. LinkedIn feels like that when they talk about stories of LinkedIn being down. But anyway. <laughs> um, okay, let's move. Oh, oh, let's study, move away from the clubhouse. You're at the end of your function, but you're still talking about work. You know, when you you <laughs> with your colleagues and you realize we have nothing in common other than work. Now you're talking about yeah, the paper. <laughs> The paper quality is really bad. Hey, let's have some more drinks. Stop with the <laughs> stories. <laughs> the scary thing is, I feel like I've done that. So thanks, Yasin. You've just like exposed me. I don't appreciate this. Um, okay, so moving away from Clubhouse, let's talk about Samsung actually because they. I can't believe I'm actually saying this. They've done some really interesting and cool things in the last couple of years. Um, I think again, just to to say this out loud. I've never hated Samsung. I think a lot of people think I just don't like them. I am just the kind of person who's like, you don't need to throw in everything and the kitchen sink to impress a person. Do what you do and do it well. And I think Samsung is now at that stage, and especially with their recent announcement. Um, I don't know if you want to tell the people what it is. No, no, you can carry on. I just got the comment section here. <laughs> oh, you just okay? I'm scared of the comment section. So. We're not talking about S21 series, which is a great series of devices. Um, Samsung has actually now gone and stepped up the game even more on the software side, and they are now promising four years of security updates. Four years. So they've already said that they are going to be supporting devices for um, OS updates for I think three years. Which is a lot longer than most Android manufacturers. Now, they um, have also said, "Yeah, so we're not just going to do the three years of OS updates. We're also going to do four years of security updates, which is insane. No Android manufacturers doing that. Not even Google." You, when I read the article, in my mind, I was like, "You mean you weren't doing this thing?" <laughs> like I was like, "But guys, we, some people have phones for long. You, you, you can't go, guys. Uh, we're not, we're not gonna look after you anymore." No, it's I still have your product. It makes sense that you should do updates. It's just that now that they're doing, they they actually putting effort into the updates. That's what it feels like now. Because I. I've had okay. I'm only with the Samsung now for like two years, yeah, about two years. And it, it, look, it still does fall. It's a, 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 a the Note 10 Plus, so it still was getting full updates and full security. But it just felt like yo, you should be giving me the security that that I need. Like it, you know what I mean? Like I don't know if I'm making sense now. <laughs> no, it makes sense. Um, it's interesting because. What like a year ago, year and a half, two years ago, you know, we were still saying that Samsung is not the greatest when it comes to OS updates. You know, you're gonna get it. It's the question of how long you're gonna wait for it. And it was the same thing with security. Um, the fact that they've done—I wouldn't say such an about turn, but they've stepped up the game so much that they're now not just leading 
sort of um, Android ahead of Google. They're kind of leading the industry. They're now arguably on par with Apple because that was one of the great strengths about Apple. Like if you look at iOS 14 that's out right now, um, I think it's the iPhone 6 or 6S is still support. I think I've even heard of like people on like a 5S or something that's still able to get it. And I think I saw when it comes to iOS 15, I think the oldest device that's going to be able to use it is the iPhone 7. Like in Android world, that's not a thing. That's like saying, oh, you know, uh, Samsung's Galaxy S6 or S7 or something is still going to get, you know, full support. That doesn't happen. It's like saying the Huawei P, what, 8, P7 would still get support. That's not a thing on Android. Yeah. When you say it like that and you put a time frame on it, then it makes full sense because you go, Apple does do that. Like, I know people that still roll with, like, older iPhones and it's still, like, they still live good life. They still take nice photos. They, like, the phone still feels like a modern phone. It might be smaller. It might have, a, like, a lower quality camera maybe or... But it still feels like it's up to date with the world. But if you look at Android again, they fall behind very quickly. Like you can, you can spot an old Android. Like, yeah, you can also spot it on social media if someone posts something or the way people interact with their phones. Yeah, that's an old phone. But iPhone still feels very fresh. So I think this thing that Samsung um, that they be doing security and um, a software updates is it's gonna make everything last longer and better. You see, that's, I think, arguably the biggest thing is the software component of this because we've all seen people online being like, why would you use an iPhone? Apple doesn't even know what innovation is. You know, they don't do anything. You know, like, everyone loves to sort of drag on Apple. And I don't like that for many reasons. I'm like, why are we here to deride someone else for a decision that they've made for something that they're using for themselves? <laughs> Let them use the iPhone or the Samsung or the Windows phone if they want to. You might not like it leave people alone but the thing that apple has really really killed it on is the way they support the devices and the, the software like they support you for forever that's why people don't want to leave it's not just because they're locked in it's because you're getting such a consistent experience and you know you're going to get it for longer than two years or three years you know why would you want to leave that and that's what i think samsung has finally started doing and i think a lot of people are going to be annoyed with me saying it but that's why I think the S21 series is such a great series of devices because just to sort of segue a little bit from, from well, maybe not segue, it kind of fits in. Um, a lot of people are complaining that the S21 series is like, hey, you took away, you know, the charging brick. You took away the headphones. You took away the dongle. You took away expandable storage. On the S21 and S21 Plus, they downgraded the displays to 1080. Like, you know, people are... are to, I don't even want to say understandably. I think to a degree understandably. But for the most part, I think people are overreacting. But they're, they're not happy with this. I am not upset with it. I have an S21 Plus. It's my phone that I use as my personal phone. And I happen to like it because even though they scale back on some things, like the display issue doesn't bother me. Because people are like, oh, you know, Samsung's saying you can shoot 8K video and 4K video, but they'd only give you 1080p display. They never gave you a 4K or 8K display before anyway. You couldn't watch the content in the full resolution. What are you complaining about? <laughs> and yes, they took away the expandable storage. Not great. People are like, oh, for South Africa, you know, where we high data costs. I get it. They didn't just make the phone for South Africa, guys. We need to remember that. They made a phone that's being used around the world and other countries you know, arguably have better internet and better infrastructure than we do. So, of course, they did what they did. You don't have to like it, but I understand why they did it. But 
The thing that really makes this device great is the software. I had my concerns about this ecosystem they were building because I was like, you're relying on a lot of partners and what if someone comes along with more money? And I actually asked this question uh, question to Justin Hume. He's the head of Samsung South Africa. I was like, you know, let's say Apple comes along with a billion dollars, goes to Netflix and says, listen, here, give us an exclusive. What happens then? You know, and luckily that hasn't happened and what's actually happened is these relationships have deepened like when i first got the s21 plus i've got google home at home and to use google home you normally need to download the google home app then you sort of like connect or it picks up your your google home devices and then you're able to sort of cast or whatever from spotify or whatever other you know app you're using now i get the s21 plus open my spotify don't have the google home app downloaded yet not at all it picks up automatically hey you have Google Home on, this, on the same Wi-Fi network. And it automatically gives me the option to cost. That's how deep the integration is going. The integration with Microsoft for, for cloud storage. They've gotten rid of Samsung Cloud. They're now doing cloud storage with Microsoft um, uh, OneDrive. And Samsung Notes can now sync to OneNote. I think that that is genius because a lot of people, especially business people who are going to be buying these things, or just average everyday people, most of you are going to be using Windows, if not devices, you're going to be using Windows software yeah. on a Mac. So, so is it, yeah. would it be safe to say that the S21 is the Apple of Samsung, of the, of the Samsung S20? Um, I mean, I was going to say it's the Apple of my eye, which it is, and that's a lame <laughs> joke. It's like Hadley Simon this year. But it, it kind of is, and I don't want to like, say that. So the thing is, because we all know that Apple's not the first to do it, right? Apple is not maybe even the best when it comes to the, the, the tech, but it's polished, it knows its users, and it gives them exactly what they need. So I think like S20 was a major step up, but... S21 was a shuffle and a slide like it was like yo this thing is smooth it it gave us what we it gave us a feeling more than a a, a movement if it makes sense yeah but you see that's that's the thing it's like the S21 is arguably the apple of not just samsung but i think android and i i say that hesitantly because i know the comments we can get from that <laughs> um but i i look at it as samsung sort of took a step back they were like listen here we've done everything and they have you know they've done the folding phones um when smartwatches first came out they were the pioneers there they even had cameras in them i remember at one of the samsung events uh danny k was there trying out samsung gear vr and had one of the watches and i was just like oh that's what i look like when i'm doing these things this was just <laughs> weird but you know that's who samsung is like they were the ones who pioneered the the curved edge on a phone yeah. everyone did it and now they're kind of moving away from it you know they've got the best displays of any phone like they've they've done everything they were the ones who made it's arguably their they fault really that phones are as big as they are because they made the note and back then all the phones were small and everyone's like why would you do this and now everybody wants to be like that and having done that where they're like hey let's throw everything in and see what's going to work like the 108 megapixel sensor last year with the S20 Ultra which we all know was not great like no, it wasn't. Everybody has seen that it wasn't great. Even Samsung was like, okay, we need to do an update because, you know, we've yeah. got issues with this thing. But they they finally looked at it and they're like, okay, cool. These are the things we do. These are things that people actually use. These are things we do well. These are the things that, you know, maybe we can improve on. And they focused on core things and they are fixing those and they're improving those. And that's why I think that the S21 series is so good. But that's also why this announcement of the security updates 
makes what is an already great product or great series of products from them you know across multiple ranges that much more interesting and exciting it's going to make more people want to buy a samsung device because it's not just the um the s series so s as in like s21 s20 um that's going to be getting this it's going to be a whole range of devices so it's the z series so the z fold um the original fold the z flip it's going to be things like the s10 everything yeah, after 2019 or e- from basically 2019. yeah yeah so like s10 note 10 the galaxy a series so a10 uh, a10e a20 a50 a51 which did really well in south africa um even That's the well. tablets yeah yeah so i'm i'm very impressed with what they're doing and i cannot believe i'm saying that but i really am samsung is making the right moves at the right times right so- now Yes, yes a question right it's a bit off topic and not so i've been looking um at the 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 note 20 ultra right get the note 20 ultra 5g no so here's the thing 5g in a country like south africa with the system it doesn't give you covid it's not the covid question is do we need it <laughs> do we need five like i i get it is the okay. next type of technology do we need 5g phones for the next let's say 2 years in this country that's so you don't ask easy questions eh because i thought this was going to be a light podcast if you look at data prices if you look at um the 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 amount of time we actually spend i'll say outside now especially in today's world because yeah like you spend at home mostly the 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 way you use your phone is via wifi so you go is 5g a thing for us that's Yeah, because I, I was yeah between the Ultra, the Note Twenty Ultra, and the uh, 5G and the standard one Ultra. The standard one Ultra, what? I mean the the Note Twenty Ultra and then the Note Twenty Ultra 5G. Okay, so okay, I see what you're saying. Um, okay, so the 5G question is a bigger question than people think, and it's actually not just the South African question. It's the same thing you're hearing people ask in the US, and it's the same thing that, like, even the Verge is saying, if you're going to be buying a phone, and in this case, they were talking about iPhone, don't buy, you know, the iPhone 12 series just because of 5G. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. However, if you if you know that you're going to hold onto your phone for longer than two years. which with iPhone users is a very distinct possibility and now with Samsung users because of the security updates and the OS updates also looks like it could happen um then get 5G because if you are you know sort of jumping on the bandwagon of oh we're going to save the planet and I'm not going to keep buying phones like every 2 years now you know I want to sort of extend the shelf life of my device get the 5G it might not be useful now but it's better to have something future proof than then 5G comes out and we find some amazing breakthrough technology you kind of need your 5G phone and then you're like oh okay well now I've got to buy another phone there's no benefit for it now i'm going to be very honest with everyone i i think almost all, my, all of my phones except one maybe two are 5G i don't use 5G like i'm not going to go walking to like century city in in cape town to go find like yeah. the one 5G hotspot on the corner there somewhere because that's what it's like and but besides yeah. that it's also the thing of like price of data and like cuz you go your 5G is nice it's fast but at the same time fast comes with uh like it's going to eat <laughs> your data up so th- that was just a, a, a cons- not a concern by the thought i had of like do we we don't need it now we'll probably only need it in i'll say 2 or 3 years cuz like 5G infrastructure it will take a while for it to be established in this country i think 
Yeah, but I think it's also a question around how 5G has been marketed to people. And I've said this to many tech companies and I have a big issue with the way it's been marketed. Um, people hear about 5G and other than the 5G causes COVID nonsense that people love to talk about, because uh, 5G does not cause COVID, like just logic here, people. How does a piece of technology move a virus? Not a virus that makes your computer, like a virus that makes you sick. Like, come on. Um, but again, another day. But 5G is actually more beneficial, not for how fast you can download your Netflix, because that's how it's being sold. It's beneficial for many other industries. So we talk about self-driving cars, you know, the future of automotive and what's happening there, like what's happening with Tesla. Things like that are going to need 5G because the current sort of bandwidth and strength that we have for internet is not strong enough or fast enough for, you know, a self-driving car to make a decision. Do I break or do I not break? You know, you can't have a one second delay. That mm. A lot of things can happen in one second. Um, also, I speaking to Vodacom, it might not even have been last year, it might even have been like the year before, so 2019, where they were talking about 5G being used by farmers. So places where they can't get fiber or even proper internet, you know, like a normal D, uh, ADSL mm. line. They can get 5G, which will give them fiber-like speeds. And what they can do is you can then, say, have sensors planted in the ground with your crops, right? Those get the signal from a 5G tower. And let's say there's a, 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 a crop is being attacked by some bugs or something. The sensors will pick up, hey, there's something wrong with this plant. It sends that information to your phone so you can go and check on just that specific thing. So you know what's going on. 5G can enable things like that. The other day, I say the other day, it's probably like last week or two weeks ago, Microsoft showed off using Microsoft HoloLens, the augmented reality, virtual reality headset kind of thing, where they were doing um, operations with doctors wearing that. I've heard about remote operations, doctors in one country, patients in mm. literally the other hemisphere, and they're doing operations by a robotic arm. The only way you can do that is 5G. It sounds very futuristic, but the potential for 5G is not just in your phone for your Netflix and your faster downloads. It's actually for a lot of other things, which, in my opinion, are far more important. Your phone just happens to be another benefit. So do we need it now? No. Do you need a 5G phone? No. Is it worthwhile getting one, it as an investment? Unless you yeah. want a 5G phone that can perform operations on the other side of the world, it's there is an app that you can get, guys. Do not tempt Samsung because I can see them doing it. Okay, please. <laughs> um, before we move away from Samsung, there is actually something else that they did, which I know you're interested in. Um, I don't think that they're doing this in South Africa, though, which would be great. But I mean, it's South Africa, so would it work? It's called Samsung Buy and Try where it's literally what the name says it's i actually like the system where right? it's basically like buying a car on a what, what do they call it um yeah you basically you you pay an amount every month but you never really own the car you just basically rent it so i think this is also great for people that like the flashy things and like the fancy things so you can buy a fold or you can buy a um a z and have it for like a year or two and then just return it and get your money back and with that money i'm pretty sure you can just get another one and another one so i i don't think it's the worst thing but it's also interesting because what are they gonna what are they doing when they give you the phone like what information will they be taking like basically you'll you'll be beta testing uh the phone for them well i mean i think that's actually why it's so interesting 
it's it's weird because I mean I I can't see this working in South Africa. I'm very sorry to say this, but you all we know people will take things. I'm very sorry, but it's true. We know it's going to happen. It's not the majority of people in South Africa. It's not a South African mindset, but it is unfortunately a little bit no, more. No, but but you can't. Possible. It actually it's a system that it's not uh, faultless, but that thing of you buying the phone. So it's me spending my let's say yes. TK, I give it to them, they give me the phone. It's the clear but interaction. In- in South Africa, that would not work because who's going to have like 40,000, 50,000 rand for a phone? So they might have to do like, say, like a payment thing, you know, because yeah, in, yeah. in South Africa, phones are sold more through the networks and through contracts than they are, you know, cash price. So that's one reason why it wouldn't work. And if you had to do it like that, let's be honest, there's going to be someone who's going to try and be like, oh, my phone was stolen. Phone wasn't stolen, phone phone stay in the drawer. <laughs> but so, so let's say you, you give them 40,000, 40, right? And they give you the phone. After two years, you give them the phone back, right? Is it, uh, is it two years? How long did it, I didn't, um, I think it's let me a, double, uh, like a year. Sorry. Let me yeah. let me double check. Because this is also in the US only, by the way, in case yeah. people are wondering. But it's just such an interesting concept to go, yeah, it's basically well, like renting the phone. They take your money, they probably put it in okay. an account, they get interest from it. And then they give it back to you, and then you get to rent one of their phones. And you also, it's the top line phones that they're doing it with. It's not like uh, the mid range thing. So, I actually, and it's also that thing of a lot of people. It's it's maybe a drug dealer tactic where they go, yo, try this one here. Hmm. And now, because now you have a fold, and you're getting used to the feel of the fold because it's two screens, it's the size, all those things. You maybe think it's not really a thing for you, but if it's your everyday phone, no matter what phone it is, you become comfortable, and then you go, okay, maybe I'll I give it back, but I the next one I'm going to buy that phone. So because you you're getting used to like the perks, that, especially with the that I'll say novelty, not novel, it's not novelty phones, but it's the the different shapes, the new shapes, the the fold, the the folds. So mm. I think it's a it's an interesting thing, but it's a great trick, and I'm. Yeah, I, I I think I'd buy into it. So I double checked on it. It's not a year, it's one hundred days. So like a third of a year ish, give or take. Yeah. Um so you buy the phone, you can return it up to one hundred days later. And it seems like yeah, it is definitely the upper tier, the ultra premium devices. So specifically aimed at like the Z fold, that sort of thing. Um I think they're doing this for multiple reasons. I think one is definitely they're getting information from you. Because Samsung last year when they unveiled the Note 20, no, was it the Note? Yes, Note 20. Um, at Unpacked, you know, they ended up by saying that they know that the future of Samsung is 5G and foldables. And then obviously after that, like a couple of weeks later, the Z Fold 2 was unveiled, which honestly is a great device. There's things about it I don't like. I don't want to take it to the beach. It's got no, <laughs> it's got no IP rating. And when I had one... <laughs> I was just like, I'm scared to go. I've never been scared to go anywhere with a phone because I'm like, you know, if the phone gets stolen, it, it sucks. And I realize how privileged that sounds. It's it's not a great experience, but you know, it's still just a thing. Yeah. That thing is fifty thousand rand. You you don't even want to breathe hard in the direction of the fold. It like you just you're nervous about it. And and that's the um, thing about the beach is that you'll always know that sand gets in the crack. Listen here, <laughs> especially on that thing, especially. On- that is that thing where you like put it in a plastic bag. That's where you like, you know, be safe means be safe. Don't take it with you. <laughs> um, but I think that that's exactly why they're doing this. People are not certain about foldable phones. I think it's become the most 
divisive or polarizing piece of technology we've seen in a while on a commercial scale. Where people you, you, you a lot should of, have said divisive device because I feel like you were so close to sending it and then you're like, no, let me change words. Divisive device. It's, it's the most divisive devices we've ever seen. Okay. Are you happy now? It's no. dividing the people. Um, but it really is. And a lot of people feel like it's just a gimmick. Like, <laughs> I had a big Twitter argument a while back with someone who's like, that's not innovation. I'm like, the glass folds. Yeah. Glass does not fold. That's not a plastic display. I mean, it's a composite, but still, it's glass. Samsung did a thing. That's impressive engineering. And they argued with me. And I was like, really? Really? Are we, we going to do this right now? <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like people don't see the benefit of it. And I, I understand why they don't. Part of the reason is because the price is so high, no one's even going to entertain it. But I think the future potential of a foldable or a rollable is exponential because we all want bigger displays, but we all complain that the phone is too big. Yeah. This is going to solve that. But also, imagine having one device, just one, with the computing power that your phone has now, but it can expand in size to be anything from a phone to a tablet to potentially, I think it was, I can't remember which company showed this off um, at CES earlier this year. But, you know, even 17 inches, so basically laptop, slightly bigger than laptop size. Do you know what you could do with that? You don't have to carry a laptop. You don't have to carry a tablet. You carry your one device, yeah, which can do everything. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, but you see, that's why I think the potential of it is so great. You could use it at home you know, for like a tablet for yourself, you got kids. Oh, you can actually use it, that that thing, you know, for them for do for schoolwork or for educational purposes. They want to watch a movie, same thing. You need to do some proper work, same device, you know, laptop size. I think it's one of those things where um, even when full, full touchscreen phones came out, people were like, oh no, that's useless. What if it breaks all these yeah. other things? But and now it's part, it's part of the revolution. Now you go, that's the way of life. Like you go, I don't want a phone with buttons on. Get that BlackBerry off me. Like it's, it's, it's disgusting. But at the same time, I'm not, the guys, if BlackBerry's listening, I'm not saying your phones are disgusting. I'm saying buttons are. But the thing is, <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm, it's a thing of um, like the evolution isn't done instantly and people don't always take, but someone needs to start like someone needs to start trying things someone needs to like make phones that's odd because essentially it becomes a thing later like um when we, i was using your um the lg wing you go the yeah. lg wing while it's a it's an interesting weird kind of sh a thing to do with a phone what problem it does, does it solve it it does you go in the potential of what it could be later in life can be amazing yeah. well i mean that's all another discussion because I don't believe that you should be buying a device or a brand because of its future potential. You should be buying it for what it can do for you now. Yeah. Because you're spending a lot of money. But I think what people need to do when it comes to foldables is they need to take a step back and sort of look at the bigger picture. And I hate to say that. Also, it's funny because it's a foldable. Great. So it's a bigger picture. But you need to look at what the future of a phone is going to be because that's what we're asking people to do when it comes to motoring with self-driving cars because self-driving cars raise the question of well are you going to need to get a license one day you know what does it mean then to own a self-driving car are you going to be a driver or are you just going to be a passenger are they going to be drivers in the future you know that's a whole separate series of questions it's the same thing with foldable phones your phone right now is arguably more powerful than your laptop like yeah. the S21 Ultra goes up to 16 gigs of RAM. What are you doing with 16 gigs of RAM on a phone? 
<laughs> you don't need it. A laptop with 16 gigs of RAM is is slightly above decent. Like it's it's you know you can do things. Um, now imagine that computing power in in what is arguably just a display that can become whatever you need that display to be, so you can do whatever you need to do in that moment, whether it's work, whether it's personal, whether it's entertainment. I think that's powerful, and that's what foldables and rollables are moving towards. We're moving away from phones being, you know, these sort of candy bar shapes that we know with touchscreens and, you know, arguably wonderful colors on the back and everything, and maybe a stylus, to something that could potentially be you know one display that could be everything to you it could be every single size and form factor you need it to be we're not there yet but that's what samsung and companies like samsung like oppo you know that's what they're moving towards that's what, that's what they're exploring and i think that that's something we need to be encouraging because how long have we also been saying oh but phones are boring they all look the same i mean all iphones look the same but we're yeah. getting to the point where all android phones are starting to look the same yeah regardless of brand even like the, yeah it's all the same listen here the lg velvet the first time i saw that thing from the back i was like isn't that a huawei p30 because it yeah. looks like a p30 pro it does yes. there's so, many times at yeah. the family function when it's lunchtime and everybody's a phone is on the table you can't call it even if they've got cases on the phones you, they all faced up whose phone yeah. is oh, whose phone is this oh who's no that's not mine that's that so and so oh that's so and so because you they literally all they all the same it's a black screen it's a black mirror <laughs> yeah <laughs> no that's that's kind of how the name of the show came along because of your laptop or your phone when it's not on you're staring at it it's a black mirror reflecting you that's literally the name of the show that's how they came up with the name I never knew that was the name Dokubi yeah that's 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 how it happened um okay so enough about Samsung um we do love them they're doing some really great things the company people are not necessarily happy with at the moment is WhatsApp <laughs> the drama around WhatsApp. I I think I said to you a while back if I never have to speak about WhatsApp again, I am so tired of this. Um I understand. <laughs> well, you know, and also we spoke about this whole thing on WhatsApp, so look at us. I understand my people are concerned. These are valid concerns, but after the whole drama with the update to WhatsApp's terms and conditions which people started seeing about a month ago, um You know, people were like, "Hey, what data are they sharing? What does this mean for me? I don't like, you know, that Facebook who obviously owns WhatsApp is going to have this much information." Like I've been on TV about it, I've been on radio about it. I've spoken about this so much. It's crazy. So, WhatsApp is actually now um put out new terms on new terms and conditions. They put out new notifications on people's WhatsApp saying, "This is what it means. This is what's happening." Clarifying everything, saying, "We're not going to be able to access your personal conversation." So you're seeing, you know, when we're talking about I don't no, know. No, don't tell them. That thing in Vegas. <clears throat> <laughs> can't say because it stays there. Um you know, when we were talking about that, they according to them, they're not going to be able to access it. which i don't know if people are now going to buy into that because unfortunately facebook the parent company has been on the wrong end of way too many security and data breaches and they've developed this sort of characteristic of just not really caring about people um and people are now concerned about hey do we want you to share any of our data with that company so It's it's an interesting space right now because a lot of people jump to Telegram and and Signal. I mean, you and I have both been on Telegram for a while. I think you've been on there longer than I have. Yeah. And But, now it's like everyone's on there all of a sudden. 
So, so here's the, 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 the two things, right? Firstly, Telegram, it's the same like WhatsApp, but it's wilder. Like, it's just so much more open. It's crazy, guys. It it it's all, it makes me scared to be there because I just go, it just feels like, it feels, I know it's very stable, but it just feels unstable. Anyway. It's like the, it's like the TikTok of, of messaging. Yes, yeah. it's actually TikTok of WhatsApp. That's what it is. <laughs> then the other thing that I find very funny is because Facebook owns WhatsApp, why were they spreading fake rumors about whatsapp uh, guys you own the algorithm teach people that it's fine that whatsapp is fine like because if you know all these aunties get the information from facebook right so then i go but then they were saying oh um, um everybody can read your whatsapp but i'm like yo facebook is firstly doing it and facebook, <laughs> if facebook can really spread the lies about um the voting systems and stuff like that clearly they can push the 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 angle of the discussion to be that whatsapp is safe i feel like facebook dropped the ball on whatsapp t's and c's they didn't educate people from their side but that's another discussion um on that note though i do because I, I read the the t's and c's of what of whatsapp yeah who has ever read t's all of them anything not everything i read the highlights package on a <laughs> and then essentially it's just um that uh, only business conversations that you have with a business will be saved on Facebook, but everything else will still be saved uh, on WhatsApp. Like you, and it will be still um, uh, closed-ended on all the conversations. So I think it's just business as usual, and people are going on about nothing. That's my opinion on WhatsApp's uh, tendencies, which is is fair. But I think again that concern around the Facebook side of it, I feel is valid. Um, However, I think the problem is we're now at a stage in life for everybody where we've willingly given away so much of our data that, you know, really, what what are we complaining about now? Because a lot of these things we agree to for the sake of convenience, um, you know, and now we're saying like, oh, I don't like this. Like, for example, one of the things that WhatsApp was saying in the original update to the T's and C's was, you know, they're going to be able to access your phone book. So even people who may not be on WhatsApp, you know, if their details in your phone book, you know, WhatsApp slash Facebook could be able to access that. I understand why that's a concern. On the flip side, Clubhouse has got the same issue. When you join Clubhouse, you know, you get like five invitations you can give out to people. How do you, how are you able to give the invitations? When you mm-hmm. sign up, it asks to access your phone book. It's also and if you don't give it access, you can't share the invitations. But at the same time you go, firstly, are you committing crime? No. Then now why are you worried? Secondly, you 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 worry about the WhatsApp T's and C's, but you use Truecaller. Truecaller has all the access and they still name the numbers as well. Because we've all gotten phone uh, calls from call centers and they've labeled, they have basically have the whole world um, labeled already, all the numbers of the world. So I just feel like while it is a concern, like for your information if you go to a website or you download an app and you go yeah use facebook or use google to get my information then whatsapp t's and c's is not your problem like you you must just carry on with your life it's not a thing guys but that's that's why i say i think we've all agreed to giving away our data maybe not consciously because t's and c's are very long and i think it's by design um but we've done it for the sake of convenience so we've already 
essentially consented to giving out all this data about ourselves and now we want to be concerned. We should have been concerned five years ago, 10 years ago, you know, but we unfortunately all weren't savvy enough to be concerned. However, talking about data privacy and data security, I did a great podcast with Cisco, with uh, one of the directors of data privacy and data security about this very topic. And, and I spoke to Media Monitoring Africa about censorship and freedom of speech on social media because that's the other thing people like to bring up when they talk about social media platforms. So go check those out. I think people might like those. Um, but yeah, so WhatsApp, getting back to that. The one thing you need to know about WhatsApp, uh, well, yeah, the WhatsApp terms and conditions now is they're not going to delete your account if you don't accept the new terms. So the new terms and conditions essentially kicks off on May the 15th. You need to accept it by then. If you do not accept it, they're not going to delete your account because that's what they were saying before. Um, you will be able to still accept the privacy policy after that. However, if you don't accept it, you're going to have limited usage of WhatsApp. And, you know, if you then just sort of don't really engage on it, you need to know that as a standard... Uh, WhatsApp will normally delete an account that's inactive for 120 days. So what's that, four months? So if you don't use WhatsApp in four months, that's just the standard where they're going to delete your account. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. I also, it's that same, it's that, you know, everybody was like, oh, I'm going to start using, I'm not finished with WhatsApp, I'm going to move over to Telegram. Mm, I don't know anybody that, that has genuinely left WhatsApp. Like everybody goes, oh, you know, I have Telegram, but I just have WhatsApp just in case guys it's fine <laughs> I'm, I'm also i'm kind of like a, a i think i'm a lazy app user in, in in that sense like i go i give my information and i'm i'm really simple in that sense so i don't really find the need for for the hype of of abandoning whatsapp i just read the t's and c's and also just be like smart about who you share things with that's the other yeah. thing okay um I'm actually excited about this next one. Spotify. I love Spotify. I mean, the UI needs a bit of work, but I love Spotify. I've made no secret about that. <laughs> and Spotify was actually sort of the company that helped me get into podcasting because before we use the platform we're using now, which is Zencaster, which is a great platform, by the way. It does audio and video. We have multiple people on there. It's fantastic. I was actually using Anchor, A-N-C-H-O-R. And Anchor is owned by Spotify. And it's an app you can download, you know, makes podcast, uh, remote podcasting super, super easy. Um, but yeah, anyway, so they sort of did a lot of work with the podcast space. They helped a lot of podcasters sort of get on the platform. And just earlier this week, they had a massive announcement with a ton, a ton of stuff that they're doing this year. Um, they're expanding to new countries. I believe 80 new countries around the world. I mean, they're in South Africa already, so we're good. But 80 new countries around the world, which is massive. Um, they're also doing a new hi-fi. So high-fidelity audio subscription coming later this year. They actually use Billy Eilish and her brother Phineas, whose music is great, by the way. You should listen to it, um, to, to sort of talk about it. So finally, Spotify is getting high-fidelity audio, which Apple Music still does not have, which... I don't understand because they um, they buds what's it the AirPods Pro do things like spatial audio it doesn't do like proper high fidelity but it still does these really cool things with audio so I'm like why don't you do this um, and they're doing a ton of new stuff with podcasting which is the most exciting thing for me 
one of which is the Russo brothers, who people might know from Marvel and the Avengers and stuff. The Russo brothers are partnering with Spotify on like a whole series of podcasts. Uh, former President Barack Obama and is it Bruce Springsteen? I've announced a joint project, which was a surprise. Um, yeah, that was just weird to me. Uh, they're also they're doing new things with like the algorithm to help people discover new podcasts. So based on your taste in music, you might like, you know, podcast X, Y, and Z. They're going to be doing things like that. Um, they're doing new advertising things for podcasters. Like it's a whole ton of stuff that they're doing. And I'm so excited about it because what I'm getting from everything that's happening, and I think Clubhouse sort of really ignited this whole thing, is that audio is the next big wave in social and I don't say social media because we need to stop treating the internet and the real world as two separate things. That are, yeah. You know, arguably one and the same these days. But the next big wave in social I see is being audio because, you know, Clubhouse, the Facebook clone of Clubhouse, Twitter Spaces, Mark Cuban's app, the things that um, Spotify is doing, uh, Netflix is doing stuff with spatial audio, Samsung's Galaxy Buds Pro have spatial audio, like everyone is making moves in the audio space so i think with podcasters and, and audio content creators i think <laughs> i think it's a great time to be alive it's, this is a good time to be in this medium I, I think also audio is a more it's an easily it's easier to take in audio because you can do other things while doing it so i think and and it's cheaper as well so that because now that they're moving into i think they're moving they Spotify basically went into the third world. That's essentially what they did. <laughs> if you look at the, the list of countries, and um, it also means that it, it's accessible and it also speaks the language of the people, essentially. So the, the it's going to give more people the ability to hear themselves and hear people like them. And it's going to be a big game changer. And I think they'll also they'll start making the app more... Um, uh, easier to use basically yeah like the interface will be easier uh, for everybody and yeah that the discovery is going to be a great thing um i think one day this podcast will also be there fingers crossed i, I realize you guys what? can't see my fingers crossed that's why i had to say it but this podcast is already on spotify no i mean like like big on spotify not like it's going to be like like you must put the dream out there brandon, brandon please you must just listen the dreams already out there okay don't worry we're good so you're working on it's going to be the biggest tech uh podcast in africa okay okay we're getting that big okay yeah i mean i was on someone else's podcast smart tech great company they do uh sort of like online math tutoring stuff for kids they use it's a app-based system you obviously have to pay it uses ai to help adapt the learning the, the learning and the lessons to your learning speed and that sort of stuff i was on their podcast and i didn't know what they were going to say for the intro the text part of the thing and they called me a tech mogul so clearly people have faith so you and i need to live up to that now it's, it's i think also in the pandemic it's all we have and to quote to, to quote the great and late uh, george michael you gotta have faith 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 <laughs> sorry sorry i'm sorry are you sorry because i don't know no, I'm, not, I'm not sorry guys take the damn joke <laughs> i didn't think you were sorry um i i think we have one more thing left before we wrap this one up and it's weird because it's the one that's going to transport us to a completely different world and it's a thing that i still haven't bought into because i don't 
believe that this is still a thing. Um, no, I've said this to many people at the companies who make uh, VR headsets. It's VR, by the way. Um, I I love the idea of VR. I've never seen a catcher and I don't understand why we're still all investing in all these VR technologies. I think augmented reality makes more sense. Um, it's because you're a hater. That's what you are. You're a hater. Because no, I'm calling you a hater, and I'm going to call you out on this because you go, "Oh, flip phones are innovative. It's it's for the next step in the world. Oh, this is for the next step in the world." But you can't see that VR is for the next step in the world. Okay. Like, so now tell me. No, no. It might not be the thing no. now, but it's going to eventually. Okay. It will take. How, I, I believe. How many years have we been saying this? How many years has VR been out and about? It's it's more than five. Right, with VR headsets, people have been trying to push them. It's what, close on seven years, give or take. Flip, folding phones have only been around for what, a year and a half, two years, arguably. We can already see what the future potential is because companies have told you what the future potential is of these foldable phones. What is the future potential of VR? No one has been able to show, other than gaming, what is the future potential of it? What is the watershed thing that says? This is the thing that I need in my life because if you take away something like the new PS uh, VR headset, which is actually what we're supposed to be talking about, what what is it other than that that actually makes gaming uh, or VR that interesting? I think VR the maybe it will go the route of with the the five G operations. Um, it will go that route of if you no. Okay, <laughs> I'm gonna jump in. No, you see, I'm very passionate about this. I told you, I've argued with people about this. See, CEOs of companies, I've argued with them about this. The people who make this, I'm like, no, tell you why you're wrong. And they've tried to convince me. Like, ask uh, Jan from, from uh, not Jan, what am I saying? Thibaut from Lenovo Africa. He's the head of Lenovo Africa. I've argued with this man every single time I've seen him and over the phone about the stupidity of VR because you want to say uh, doctors and stuff great if that doctor is operating remotely do you want him to wear a headset where he can't see anything maybe standing there by you do you want him or her to wear a headset where they can't see isn't that way augmented reality where they can see you know their surroundings and still see the information the computer is passing through isn't that better or mixed reality so something like HoloLens maybe it's the it's the it's the um Maybe it's the comp- oh, it's the the mixture of the two that is going to produce something, but they still need no, to. No, but work. that's mixed reality. That's not VR. But again, VR is it's still in the development stages. It um, cannot be in the development stages for almost a decade. Also, we, we also in a pandemic. Maybe VR is the next step to traveling. It's the thing of you're gonna get a budgeted trip, and that's the closest thing you're gonna get. I have seen that movie, and that movie is called Wally. Yeah, but I mean, Wally wasn't completely bad. The people were trash, but it was no. Wally wasn't bad, but remember when he ends up on the the futuristic spaceship? Because remember, you know, Earth has essentially been destroyed, and he's on the spaceship, and all the people who picked up all the weight, which we all have because of COVID, are all sitting there, and everything is just like this virtual world. They're not doing anything. They've essentially just become. I don't even know what to call them. Like slugs that just lay there, and you know machines are gonna. That's what VR is gonna do. (laughs) I mean, it's a graphic term, but it's the truth. Come on, like, are we really trying to push towards a technology that is going to cut people off and put them even more in their own world? Already, you're hearing people complaining. You know, phones are cutting people off. As much as you're being connected, you're also being disconnected. Then you get smartwatches. Then you get you know your wireless buds, which is really cutting you off with, you know, um, 
Thank you. I was going to say closed captioning. I was like, closed captioning is not the right thing. Um, <laughs> but like, we get those complaints, and now we want to push something that's really going to, you know, push people away even more. I understand that it's an exciting technology. I don't take away from that. But I still don't see what the proper watershed thing is that makes this a thing you need to have other than gaming. And even gaming hasn't fully adopted it because of all the restrictions that come along with it. It takes a lot of processing power, which the average computer does not have. Phones can't fully do it yet. So, so unless you're buying, say, a PS5, which has been hard to get for anybody, you know, wh- where are you going to use this? Has, like, um... I love the idea of it, but yeah. Has Samsung continued with this? Because I know the um, the the Gear VR. Yeah, the Gear VR. So they discontinued it a couple of years ago. Actually, I want to say it was Note 10. It might have been before Note 10, but it was around about then because they were actually working with Oculus, Hmm. who's the leader in VR and another Facebook-owned company. I would like to point out. Uh, Yeah, they were working with them and. They, I don't remember if they ever said why they stopped doing uh, Gear VR, but I don't believe that you know there was much of, of a selling case for them. I remember going to a Google event, and you go to a Google event, and you know when you go to events, you always come away with like a goodie bag or something. They were just handing out Google Cardboard, which is like the cheap way of making VR. Yeah, it's great, it's fantastic, it's more accessible. But they were giving away because literally they were like, listen here. We have got storage rooms full of these things because we we can't get rid of them. No one wants to take it. They're trying to give it away and no one wanted it. Look, it, I, I I fully I get and I understand your, your gripe with it because it makes all the sense, right? But I do still think that a small percentage of, of, of the tech world needs to push for VR just for just for what it can possibly I, I have you do you watch Rami? I haven't. It is actually on my list because everyone has told me to watch the show. So, so in season two, there's there's one there's a thing that they do, and I don't know if it's real, but they basically have VR Hajj, <laughs> right? Where you send someone <laughs> what? on Hajj, right? So then they sit there with a the VR headset at at home, right? And they send someone to go do the Hajj for them, which is a weird concept. I don't think it's real. But, but does that I, even count? I, I don't think it counts. Like, I just go do my research and I don't think it really counts. But the... And then when I saw that, I was like, yo, that's an interesting thing, like as a concept. But then I showed my parents... Um, <laughs> the, 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 like VR videos of of Hajj basically, and they lost their minds. And then I was like, "Yo, it's the closest that they can get to reliving that moment." So I go like, obviously because of traveling and also the age and stuff. So I go, if they can experience those moments, I think it's actually still like a technology that we. I don't think we don't need it in the world yet, because we don't know what the need is. But I do think it should be developed. And but not big money. They like for gaming, big money. But I think on a smaller scale, they must just use it for innovation. I do think there is a yeah. I don't know what it is yet, but it should exist in the world. I'm not saying let's completely cancel it. I'm what I what I keep saying to people is we don't have a watershed product. And by watershed, I mean the thing that's like this is why I need to get it. You know, like a watershed app or a watershed. A way of using it that's just like, oh, you know, light bulb goes off. Oh, this is why it's important. Hmm. So maybe for educational purposes, you know, you could take kids on, say, a tour of a zoo or a museum, whatever. I can see that working. But the problem is enough 
companies or brands haven't adopted it to do something useful. So now you just left it with it in gaming, so it still seems like a niche product, even though it's been out for how many years. And you look at something like augmented reality or mixed reality, which has been out a lot shorter amount of time, it's not seen as this still, you know, developmental phase. It's seen as a thing that, oh, this actually makes sense and we can see how this is being used. That's what I'm saying about VR. No one in almost a decade has been able to show this is why it's such a great thing beyond gaming. So if someone can figure that out, (laughs) someone figure that out, please. And then I'm, I'm fully behind this. But until someone can show that to me, no. And this is this is the way I've always been. You know this. Like, I, I love the exciting technologies. I get the hype of the things. But unless you can show me the actual use cases and the benefits of these technologies, why are you doing it? I get that some things are done because you need to push the industry forward and some things are just to showcase the potential. That's fine. But don't let that be the thing that you sort of hang your hat on and be like, oh, this is amazing. Everybody must get it. No. Show me why it's good. Show me why everyone should get it. Show me what the benefit is. And then, you know, then we can have a conversation. If you can't do that, then just go away with your little hype machine. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, I'll, I'll meet you halfway and I, I see and understand your point of view. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I understand it. It's not necessarily my point of view, but I understand it. <laughs> no, but it's, it's also like I was saying to someone the other day, um, especially now in a pandemic, right? Why are we asking people or selling these products to people that cost so much money when people are losing their jobs, when people are having these salaries cut, when you don't know what's happening and you're asking people to spend X amount of money on these things? I get that they take you out of the troubles of the world. I understand that. But when you have to prioritize even more than normal where your your funds are going, Mm. Why is something like a VR headset the thing that you want to be talking about? Yes, I get that you get diehard gamers, you know, and people who who have the money who want it. I don't hold it against them. It's your money. Do what you want with it. But if you don't have that kind of money and you see the hype, because these tech companies are very good at marketing and your friends are talking about it. You know, you get that FOMO. You want the thing. You don't have the money for the thing. And then the thing that social media does very well which is you know makes you feel like everyone is more successful than you are so you see other people getting it even though you know they can't afford the thing but they've also got the latest iphone and they've got the latest you know tv or whatever you just feel worse about yourself like why would i as a technology reviewer be advising go and get this latest you know uh, playstation vr because you need to have this in your life you don't need to have this in your life playstation maybe i can kind of give you that but no not the vr um, so anyway, that was my little rant about the VR. What was it you actually wanted to tell us about the VR? <laughs> <See>? <laughs> that, yeah, I had my piece with VR. I do think there is it, it, the, the fun thing. It's also, it's, it's uh, gimmicky to a point where you go, yeah, I've, I've had my, I've had my five minutes of fun with it and now what? Um, but yeah, I do think it's nice to relive travel memories i think that's another thing because sometimes you don't want to go you don't want to travel to the place again but with vr you can go there again free basically um but you want to go to a new country maybe so you just vr to the old place (laughs) (laughs) i mean i have so many questions around that but okay before we wrap up just to sort of cover the whole vr thing so sony has announced that they're working on a next gen vr headset for the ps5 it's not launching this year um they've just said some point in the future which is great um who knows when that's gonna be 
Um, and it apparently has got like a better field of view. It's got a higher resolution, which I think was one of the issues that VR had. And it now only uses a single cord, which is great. But I mean, I'm the world's clumsiest person, so I will probably slow trip over that cord. Can I also just say companies mustn't tell us that things are not coming out. Uh, <laughs> they must just keep quiet until it actually comes out or when they have an actual date. They did it with, um, uh, I was watching the, the Nintendo, um, Nintendo <laughs> yes. Switch uh, uh, release. Then they were like, yo, we're going we're gonna to link uh, to, uh, no pun intended, but we're going to link to the people of Zelda. When's the next one coming out? Go to the guy from Zelda. The guy goes, yeah, it's not going to come out this year. <laughs> why, why even bring him up? Why are you hurting me like this? Just... Yeah, leave him out of the equation or don't huh? say anything. When it is ready and you have a date, then you tell me, oh, it's my time. <laughs> I mean, you know how I feel about Zelda. I'm still stuck on that one spot in that stupid game. I mean, I love the game, but it's driving me crazy. I also uh, gave but up. I... Like, I'm not going to lie. I gave up <laughs> on the game. It was a lot. There's a lot to do in it. So I was like, it's fine. Um, there's other games that need my attention. <laughs> um, but I, I get what you're saying and I completely agree with you. Like, I... I think companies do it because they just want the hype and, you know, stay in the news. They want people to continue to pay attention. But I I don't know how I feel about that. I'm tired of these marketing gimmicks. Like even the phone companies do it. They will tell you, we didn't leak this product. Yes, you did. Trust me. I know. I know people. I know you did. Not all the companies do it, but they do. Um, that's just, that's, <laughs> like, there's, there's no excitement when things come out anymore, which is disappointing. But anyway, that was my rant about VR and about why I don't want companies to continue to leak their products before they come out. Um, Yassine, is there anything else we need to cover? Uh, no, I think uh, we just need to cover our faces and wear a mask, everybody. Stay home, listen to our podcast. That's, that's, <laughs> that's all I need to say for this episode. <laughs> I mean, can't, can't the people also like, don't you have like online shows or something? Oh yeah, I do have shows online and I also have shows in the real world. Uh, we're going back to stage and I'm pretty excited for that. Um, yeah, so every Tuesday on um, the Cape Town Comedy TV, we have a live show, myself and Simon Ojal, and it's a, a lot of fun. Uh, people must come through to that. I feel like I'm just going to talk about the online shows on this. I'm not going to talk about the real world stuff. <laughs> Let's keep it digital. Didn't we uh, say yeah, that and that's, that's, that's what people through. must follow, like and subscribe, you and for me. Yeah, listen here. Yeah, that sounds very much like a YouTube video we did. Follow, <laughs> like, and subscribe. Um, yeah, I think that's where we're gonna wrap it up. This is gonna be a weekly thing. We will have some guests joining us in the future. Hopefully, I'd say hopefully we don't talk as much, but we will because we have lots of opinions and thoughts. And by we, I mean mostly me. You see, just lets me talk. Um, it's gonna be fun. And you can obviously send in comments or questions or thoughts or tweet us or I want to say Instagram us, but that just sounds weird. Just on the socials, just uh, it's a it's an umbrella. Just say get us on the socials. That sounds like an old people way of saying it. Not old people. Here's the thing: it's not the language; it's the communication. That's what you must worry about. Don't worry if you sound like an old person. Just go. If they understood me, then my job is done. Okay, but to be on the cooler side, you can also find me on TikTok. So thank you very much. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's us. That is what's happening in Tech this week. There's a lot of other things that happened, but these are some of the big stories that we thought we were talking about. We will be back next week to tell you more of the things that we found interesting or just that, you know, we have lots of strong opinions about. Yassine, 
Do you have any words of wisdom or songs or I don't know something to carry us out of here? Um, a Geico ad. Let it be. <laughs> that, that's, Don't that. go chasing waterfalls. Yeah, that's my time. I'm asking bonds. Thank you for coming to the show. That's it for this episode of the weekly tech wrap up. Be sure to subscribe and catch us every Friday as we bring you our take on the biggest tech headlines of the week. For more in-depth discussions about the technology that drives our daily lives, check out the Tech Reframe podcast, where I chat to executives and industry insiders who help unpack today's biggest tech trends and discuss how technology is impacting our lives. <laughs>